The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. lift up your Bible and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Nasi, I will learn from God's Word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So we've been talking about how you can design uh, your life with the words of your mouth. One of the things we learned uh, from this scripture is that our mouths have creative ability. We can either create life to our lives or death to our lives. Amen. And we say life is not just limited to, you know, uh, breathing in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide. Uh, It's not just limited to that. When he says uh, 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 death and life are in the power of the tongue, that word life encompasses everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. It includes your peace. It includes your prosperity. It includes your victory. It includes your healing. It includes everything that Jesus has already paid for on the cross. And he says we authorize it into our lives through the words of our mouths. And then he also says, death is also resident in the power of the tongue. And that word death, on the other hand, represents everything that came into being as a result of Adam's transgression. You know, the opposite of prosperity, poverty. The opposite of progress, stagnation. The opposite of advancement, just being stagnant. Jesus didn't pay so that you could remain stagnant in your life and in your assignment. In fact, he paid so that you could move from one level of glory to another. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, The peace of God, the Bible says, uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Amen? So he bore uh, everything that he needed to on the cross so that you could live a life of peace. And Jesus paid for that. And you can begin to release peace into your life through the words of your mouth. Hope. Man, you can begin to release hope into your life through the words of your mouth. And we said last week, we are not talking about the blab it and grab it concept. We are not talking about the name it and claim it, where you start walking around touching people's claws and claiming them for yourself. That just doesn't work. What we are talking about is a, a line or a thread in your communication, in your language, and in your vocabulary, that points in a certain direction. If I sit with you for long enough, I can tell you where the thread is pointing to, whether it's death or it's life. In fact, I don't, some, some I don't even need to sit with them. All I need to ask them is, how are you doing? And then by about two and a half minutes, I'll be wishing why I asked. <laughs> Amen? Because the whole language, the whole terminology and vocabulary is pointing in a certain direction. 
And that direction is in the direction of death. And that's what we are talking about. We're not talking about you just being a fanatic and, and listening out to people talk. You can't say that. That's not going to help them because all you're literally doing is just treating the fruit, but you're not taking care of the root. We've got to take care of the root system because those words are coming from somewhere. Let's go to Luke, chapter number 6, verse 45, and find out where those words are coming from. Thank you, Jesus. It says in Luke 6, verse 45, A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So, whatever you see or whatever you hear from your mouth... The source of it all is your heart. And I have to put it this way. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth. And the mouth is the authorization center. That is where it gets signed off and released into manifestation. Amen. Amen. So while you need to pay attention to what you're putting in in your heart, I preached a sermon uh, a few months ago, and I said what you've got to do is turn your heart into a treasure chest and not a garbage can or a trash can, just to make it rhyme with treasure. You can turn it into a treasure chest or a trash can based on what you're hearing. Remember, we read Proverbs 4.23. What did it say? It says, guard your heart with how much? All diligence. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. Or your life is directly determined, the course of your life. The way your life looks right now is a reflection of what's in your heart. And you can't cheat the system. This is what I like to call the technology of God's word. It's a law of the universe. It's the law of the earth. Whatever you put in your heart in large enough quantities will find itself in your mouth. If you put prosperity in your heart in large enough quantities, all you would do is speak prosperity. If you put fear in your heart in large enough quantities, all you would do is speak fear and and panic. Amen? Amen. So we've got to pay attention to what we are putting in our hearts. This is why the Bible says in Ephesians 5 verse 19, it says, speak to yourselves... In psalms, hymns, and spiritual song. Do you know how you should be talking to yourself? It says you should be talking to yourself this way. In psalms, and you won't find a psalm that says we are going down. You won't find it. Amen? Speak to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual song. Begin to minister to yourself through the word of God. Amen? Amen. And this does not promise you a perfect life. You know, one of the things I've learned as a pastor is that everybody's going through something. I could literally pick anybody in here, bring them up and say, what are you going through? They'll give us something. But here's what else I've learned. Is that you can make what you're going through the theme of the song that you sing to yourself and others around you Or you can start making the word of God the theme of your life. The the Holy Spirit gave me something uh, yesterday. He said, go and teach my people to take the victim out of their vocabulary. 
and put the victory into their vocabulary. Amen? You need to start putting the victory into your vocabulary. You need to start changing your vocabulary and start talking freedom. Start talking prosperity. Start talking victory. Start talking like Jesus. Amen. You won't see Jesus in panic mode. Amen? I said, amen. I remember a few years ago, uh, there was a company that I worked for. And man, the, the, the entire environment in that company was just rough, at least for me. You know, I was having a hard time working in that company. And I was having a hard time dealing with my boss. And man, almost every single day, I'll drive to work cussing. No, not like the real cussing. But, you know, in my heart, I'm just, man, I'm, I'm tired of this boss. Man, this dude, the next, if he brings that up again, if he talks to me again today, I'm going to knock his front teeth out. I'm talking to myself. I wasn't talking to myself in Psalms. How many of you know that you can't find a psalm that says that? I wasn't talking to myself in spiritual songs. I was talking to myself in a victim vocabulary because I was thinking that what was happening to me was something that he was doing to me. And victims always think that life happens to them. And we need to take the victim out of our vocabulary. David's brothers were victims. This is what Goliath is doing to us. David was a victory. I'm going to cut your head and feed your carcasses to the birds. You get that? So you can either talk about what's going on around you or start changing your vocabulary. I'll drive to work. Man, man, this boss is terrible. He's a terrible boss. He's a terrible. And then I said, I remember vividly one morning, I said, you know what? Lord, I'm going to open up for you to speak to me. Through today, I'm going to open up for you to speak to me. I'm going to fast and pray, and I'm going to listen to you. I really need an answer right now because I don't want to be in this environment. And I was driving and I was playing and teaching by this man. Some of you may know exactly who I'm talking to when I tell you exactly what he said. And the first words that he said when I turned on the radio was, take the thumb out of your mouth and grow up. Some of you may have heard that sermon. Amen. And the next one started like this. There is only one God and you are not him. And I said, wow, Lord, really? That was powerful. It ministered to me. It changed my life forever. You know why? Because I realized I was being self-centered. That's why I was being hurt. And I started ministering myself differently. I changed my terminology. I started driving to work saying something different. I started praying. I still pray that prayer today. I started driving to work praying. I'm a, I'm a tither. I'm a generous person. I'm a giver. Therefore, I do not lack ability. I do not lack opportunity. And resources come to me. Yeah. And I would pray that every single day. And without fail, your words will begin to steer the ship in a certain direction. In fact, we're going to read a scripture next week that talks about the words of your mouth, your tongue being the steering on a big ship. And the big ship being a representation of your life and everything that's going on around you. And the apostle James says, as small as the steering is, it begins to direct the whole ship. He also says, we control the, the horse through the, the beats that we put in its tongue. Even though it's a big animal with tons and tons of muscle that could literally kick you to death, you can ride it and control it. Tell it to turn left. How do you do that? By controlling the tongue. And the Apostle James is making a point. He's saying you can control your entire life through the words that you speak from your mouth. Man, that's powerful. Amen? So I started saying that as I was going to work. I started saying, you know what? 
I'm a tither. I'm a generous person. Therefore, I do not lack ability. Therefore, I do not lack opportunity. Therefore, resources are attracted to me. Therefore, opportunities are attracted to me. And as I was praying that prayer, I kid you not, my relationship with my boss started changing. My relationship with my customers started changing. I stopped sulking and complaining and murmuring when I go to see my customers. And guess what? They can sense there's a spiritual connection. That happens when you're in a good place. I remember turning one-star customers to five-star customers in that company. Why? Because I learned how to use my mouth, watch this, to my advantage. When you don't know how to use your mouth, you keep talking yourself out of the victory that God is destined for you. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. So you need to take the vocabulary of victim out of your mouth. You need to take the vocabulary of quit out of your mouth. Yeah. Let's go to First Samuel 17 and read what happened to David. 1 Samuel 17 from verse 43 to 51. Thank you, Jesus. So the Philistine said to David, you remember Goliath, the Philistine, when David went to approach him in the valley, this is what he said to David as David was approaching. The Philistine, Goliath, said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Evidently, Goliath knew something about the power of words. He didn't have to talk to David, but he started talking. What did he want to do? He wanted to talk David out of the victory that was available for him. And he started putting a defeat vocabulary or attempting to put a defeat vocabulary into the heart of David. How many of you realize that David could have received these words? He could have received these words. Oh, yeah, you, you know what? You're not a dog. And I'm coming to you with sticks. Man, I'm a fool. No, you didn't. Watch what happened. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. And he begins to prophesy over his day, over his life, over his, uh, his Goliath. Man, if you ever confront a Goliath in your life, whatever is your problem right in, in front of you, You can either talk about the problem in front of you or you can talk to the problem in front of you. There is no scripture that gives you the right to talk about the problem in front of you. There are plenty of scriptures that give you the authority to speak to the problem in front of you and tell it what to do. If you read in Mark 11 verse 23, it says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall believe in his heart and not doubt, he shall have whatsoever he says. What is he saying? He's saying he has already put on the inside of you the authority to speak to mountains or the authority to speak to problems. Because everybody is going through stuff, but the ones that go through are the ones that learn how to speak to what they're going through. You know, talking about Goliath, hadn't helped him this far. David's brothers were talking about Goliath. Saul was talking about Goliath. In fact, when David came, they started telling him about this giant. They started telling him about the giant's biceps. They started telling him about how the giant was tormenting the whole entire nation of Israel. They started talking about Goliath, and their situation didn't change a single bit. Goliath stayed there. The people were still stuck. 
Just like when you talk around uh, uh, the mountain, you know, you can talk about the mountain all you want. He never gave you the authority to talk about the mountain. He gave you the authority to talk to the mountain and tell it to go someplace else. This is why when we pray for the sick, you know, we, I just thank God for the first 30 seconds. You know, I'm thanking the Lord and getting myself in a place where I'm in, in faith. But ultimately, I'm building up to get to a place where I can talk to the mountain. And say, sickness, I need, I'm here to talk to you. Because I've been given authority to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you. And this is what I'm saying to you. And you begin to speak to the mountain and tell it to go someplace else. And so this is what David said. David began to say something. You see, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give your carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. Man, sometimes I wonder if we believe these things that, that we sing. Did you hear the song that we sang? If our God is for us, who can be? Man, there's no victim in that. He's not saying if our God is for us, you know, who can be? No, if our God is for us, who can be against us? Man, that's how you should approach life. If my God is for me, who can be against me? That's right. Amen. I started going into that office with a different attitude. If my God is for me, who can be against me? God has given me this door. He has opened this opportunity for me. I need to learn some things. I may not understand everything that I'm learning right now, but I need to learn some things. I need to learn some things. And as I'm learning some things, God is going to promote me. And when I changed my attitude, by the time I left the organization, I'd be promoted at least twice. But not with my stinking attitude before and, you know, talking myself out of the victory that God has for me. Listen, there's nothing that you're going to do in life that's going to come on a silver platter, unopposed by the enemy. Jesus has already paid for it and he's given it to you for free, but you have an enemy. Newsflash. And the enemy wants to take you out. The Bible says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Thank God he's already defeated. All you've got to do now is to start enforcing your authority. He's going to try and oppose you. He's going to try and discourage you. He's going to try and do all kinds of things. And if you buy into it, you may live defeated in a victory that has already been won. Amen? Amen. I remember when I came here to South Africa, I already knew God wanted me to to pastor. And uh, I joined uh, uh, another church as a a co-pastor, as an associate pastor. And Sister Amanda here was one of our our members at the time. uh, And uh, there was only about five of us if it was a full service. You remember in Belay? It was only about five of us if it was a, a full service, you know, thrive. We were being opposed. At the time, there was an enemy standing in, what, in the way of what God was really trying to do. And what God was really trying to do in 2019 was to get me to a place where I'm ministering to you. And here's what I could have done. I could have talked myself out of this then by complaining about the five that are in front of me. No, I didn't. 
I kept confessing that God has called me. God has given me the authority. God has given me the favor to minister to multitudes upon multitudes. And when we come back in 2025, we're going to be saying, oh, it was just 60 of us at Eagle's Nest back then in 2019. But look at where we are now. You know why? Because this thing keeps growing if you keep speaking life into it. So David began to speak life into it. And he said, today I'm going to cut your head, feed your carcasses to the birds. When he finished saying that, the victory was won. Everything else that happened in the physical was a victory that had already taken place in the spiritual. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter number 1 as we close. Thank you, Jesus. Again, notice we keep using the word... Confirmation, confession, confession, not affirmation. Confession, not affirmation. Why? Because the word confession in the Greek is the Greek word homologio, which is a compound word, homo, which means one, and logio, where we get the logos of God's word, and it means to say the same thing as God is saying. If your vocabulary starts being dominated by saying the same thing that God says about you, honey, you're on your way to victory. Yes. Amen. That's right. That's right. But if your vocabulary is dominated by your circumstances and what's going on around you, and really you have an option to either talk about what's going on or talk about what is really going on in God's word. Because yeah. what's going on in the natural is just facts. What's really going on is the truth. And you can start taking the truth and superimpose it over the facts, and the facts have no choice but to line up with the truth. So Jesus would say something like, she's not dead, she's asleep. And everybody else is saying, no, she be dead. Who's telling the truth? The one who's seen in the spiritual realm. And guess what? When he showed up, it turned out she wasn't dead. She was sleeping. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, your faith will rise or fall to the level of your confession. Amen. Your faith will rise or your faith will fall to the level of your confession. You start talking big, your faith has to rise to big. You start talking small, your faith will shrink to small. Why is that, Tafara? I'm glad you've asked. Because the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and the first person you will ever hear from is you. You are your best customer. It doesn't matter what Pastor T is preaching. What really matters is what you are preaching. Because you are your best customer. I mean, if you don't believe Pastor T, if you don't believe the word, if you don't believe any of the the one person we know you truly believe is you. If you say you're not going to make it, I know you truly believe that. (laughs) I know you have some faith in it. Amen? And so your faith will either rise or fall to the level of your confession. You can never operate in a confession that is greater than your, in 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 a faith that is greater than your confession. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. And God wants you to begin to change what you 
talk to yourself, what you tell yourself has got to change. Let's go to Luke 1. We're going to read from verse 13 to 20. The, just a brief, uh, quick preview. This is Zachariah. Some of you may know uh, Zachariah in the New Testament. He didn't have a child. He didn't have a, uh, a child. He was old age. He was married to Elizabeth. You remember the story? And uh, he was praying to God for a child. And this is what happened. Uh, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. This sounds like, you know, some of you who have been praying for a breakthrough, and the angel come and whisper to you, or the Holy Spirit, he whispers to your heart, don't worry about it, you are going to make it. But your response after he says that is the key that will either release what he just told you, or stop it from coming to pass. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because you are ultimately the CEO of what happens in your life. You are the top dog. If there is one place you are the boss, is at My Life, Inc. You are the boss. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. You, you, you be the top dog. What you say goes. Amen? The angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call him John. Next verse. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his, at his birth. Is this not good news? Man, this is awesome news. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. You will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's. Did you read that? Dude got filled with the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. Watch what happened in verse 16. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Next verse. And he will also go before him in the spirit. Him being Jesus the Christ. You remember the story? And the power of Elijah. Turn to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. And to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Man, this is good news. This is the grace of God. You did not do anything to deserve any of this. All you've got to say after this is, yes, sir. Now watch what happens. Verse 18. And Zachariah said unto the angels, how shall I know this? (laughs) That's not your job. He never never called you to understand how this is going to happen. All you've got to do is, yes, sir, and start dancing. Throw a party, do something. He says, how shall I know? And then he starts pointing to his natural circumstances. He starts pointing to what's going on around him. How shall I know? I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Well, Zachariah, I think when the Lord sent the angel to tell you that all of these things are going to happen, that John the Baptist was going to be born, and that he was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit in, 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 in Elizabeth's Godhead, and he, he, he forgot this fact. God must have forgotten that you are an old man. I think, he forgot, I think he missed out on this important part of the whole picture. So, Zacharias, you want to inform him so that you can just remind him, Right? And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God and was sent to do what? To speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. Next verse. But behold, you will be what? Mute. Did you read that? 
This is the angel now making a proclamation. He says, behold, you will be mute. In other words, from today onwards, you won't be able to say another thing. You will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Did you read that? He's saying, because your confession is not in line with God's program, we're going to put you on mute. Man, this is powerful. I want you to read another scripture that goes along with this in Proverbs 30, verse 32. He says, when I have an evil thought, cause me to put my hand over my mouth. This is the the, the right of Proverbs prayer. He says, this is what he says. He says, if you have been foolish in exalting yourself, remember what I was doing when I was driving to work? I was uh, foolish and paying attention to myself and thinking about myself. He says, when you have been foolish in exalting yourself and you have devised evil or you have an evil thought, put your hand over your mouth so that you don't authorize it. It's okay to think crazy, stupid stuff every once in a while. No, it's not okay, but you know, it happens. Just don't say it. Amen? Amen. Pray and say, Lord, cause me to put my hand over my mouth when I think stupid. Amen? Amen? So that I don't bring it to pass. So the angel put him on mute. Question, if what Zechariah had to say had no effect whatsoever on what God wanted to do, why did he stop him from talking? Because some of you say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Words have no power. You believe words are just empty uh, 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 entities of air uh, with syllables that proceed out of your mouth. That's what you just believe. You know, th- there's nothing to it. Now, if there was nothing to it, why did the angel feel the need to put him on mute and say to him, you'll never say another word until the day John the Baptist is born? And from the day, if you read the story, when you get home, keep reading. He says, the day that John the Baptist was born, he was released to speak again. (laughs) Now you can talk all your crazy stuff, because it's after the fact now. Amen? Amen. Listen, child of God, the words that you speak have power. The words that you speak have been creating a world around you. A certain kind of world around you. And this is not some, 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 some isolated, you know, uh, uh, esoteric regimen for the chosen frozen. This is for everybody. You just learn how to start talking right and you put the right words in your heart. You just start talking right. It starts changing your life and starts steering your life into a certain direction in the direction of life. Man, you're going to get opposition. Don't confess the testimony of the opposition. Amen. When you are opposed by your bank account, don't confess the testimony of the opposition in your bank account. When you are opposed by your body and you have some ailment in your body, don't confess the testimony of your body. Begin to confess the testimony of the word. Amen. That's right. The things that you speak over yourself, the things that you speak over others around you, that you have jurisdiction over is critical. Yeah. Amen. You know, both our children, when they were born, uh, you know, we were privileged enough to 
uh, have a doctor who said we could bring all kinds of music that we wanted in the uh, 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 theater. So we brought some really positive, inspiring gospel music that talks about life. Ain't no need for me to bring in something with a good tune and some terrible lyrics. Or I don't know what they're saying. Because I'm giving those words authority, not over just me. Because I was fearful. I mean, it's all kinds of stuff that goes in there. I almost fainted. But, you know, I need some encouragement myself. (laughs) It gets real out there. And I, we need encouragement. All of us need encouragement. I need encouragement uh, for the baby. In fact, I knew exactly what I was going to say to both my, of, of our children when they were born. I was the first one to speak to them. Amen. And I spoke life to them. Amen. Hold them in their hands. You are a world changer. Yep. You are created and God has put a purpose on the inside of you. And you will not go to the grave without bringing it to pass. That's you right. are going to change many people. I'm speaking over these children, over this little kid, because I have authority over them. God has given me jurisdiction, and I'm going to use my jurisdiction to their advantage to speak life over them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, you need to start speaking words of life. Let's go to Job. Job 22, we're going to read from 28 to 30. Job 22 from verse 20. 8 to 29, actually. Thank you, Jesus. Job 22. It says, you will also declare a thing. In fact, let's read it in the original King James, uh, KJ 21. But it says, you will also declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. In the original King James Bible, it says thou. That word thou is the King James way of saying you. Someone say me. Me. It says you shall decree a thing. Or in 2019, we'll put it this way. You shall say something. Sometimes, you know, when we say to people you shall decree a thing, then they relegate this principle to when they're in the prayer closet. They say, Pastor, I'll speak life when I'm in the prayer closet, but when they get out, they release all kinds of death. In the original text, it says, you shall decree a thing, but essentially what he's saying is, you shall say something. (laughs) Whether you are in the street, you're in the car, you're in the office, you're with your friends, you know, there's a principle that's in existence that says, you shall say something. Hmm. And it shall be established for you. Man, that's powerful. If I don't like what's being established around me, I can change what I'm saying. He says, you shall say a thing and it shall be established for you. And the light shall shine upon your ways. Verse 29, he gives us an example. Verse 29, let's read in the King James, original King James, please, if you will. KJ 21. Nah, original King James. Do you have it? Yes, there you go. There you go. When men are cast down, then you or thou shall say what? Did you read that? He says there's a casting down that's going on around you, 
but don't say it. Did you read that? Man, I want you to see it with your own eyes. When men are cast down, it's evident. The newspaper is saying it. The TV is saying it. The people around you are saying it. Everybody knows that there is a casting down. Everybody knows there is a casting down. But that's not what you say. What shall you say? There is a... Did you read that? You know why? Because you can begin to change the casting down and bring it over and change it into a lifting up through the words of your mouth. God is showing us a principle here. When men are cast down, you shall say there is a lifting up and he begins to act on your behalf. He shall save the humble person. Listen to me, child of God. God will never move because you complained about something. (laughs) I wish he did. God will never move because you are murmuring about something. God will move when you start releasing some faith. He says when there is a casting down, what should you do say? There's a lifting up. And what will he do? He will save. It's a process. You get to speak something that you, you begin to speak things that are not as though they are. And Joel chapter number 3 verse 10. As we close. I think I've already closed three times already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm closing. I keep closing this thing. <laughs> they were getting ready to go to battle, and this is what the Lord says. He says, beat your plowshares into swords. You know, just because you're using your, 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 your mouth to confess right doesn't mean you go into the backyard and act lazy. You still got to go to the battle, Amen. You still got to go to the marketplace and be productive. Amen? I said amen. Amen. You still got to put your hands to something because he has blessed the work of your hands. You still got to put your hands to As you do that, something changes. It says in Joel, chapter number 3, verse 10, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning, pruning hooks into spears. And this is what I want you to do as you get ready to go to battle. Find the weak. Find the weak. And then tell the weak to say, I'm weak. He says, when you find the weak, tell them to say something radical. Did you read that? Let the weak say, I am strong. And the songwriter said, let the poor say, I am rich. What's up with that? Because it's through the words of your mouth that you begin to move from weak to strength. Oh, through the words of your mouth that you begin to sign up for citizenship in the nation of weak. Through the words of your mouth that you begin to enroll in the university of quit. And where they will give you syllabuses to study things like a victim mentality. Amen. Amen. Where you begin to study things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I just can't do it, Pastor. I just can't do it. I'm done. I'm tired. I just can't do it. He never called you to do that. He called you to sign up in the University of Victory. Where you will begin like Paul, even while you're going through stuff, you can begin to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Do you know how much the Apostle Paul went through? He called all of it light affliction. Sometimes when I listen to people talk about what they're going through and they're trying to blow it out of proportion, man, and I go and I read into scripture and Paul says, man, I've been shipwrecked, not once, twice. I've been stripped in nakedness. 
didn't have any, anything to wear. I've been persecuted for the gospel. The concerns for the churches, go and read it. He says the concerns for the churches is one of the persecutions or one of the burdens that he was carrying. All the churches that he was concerned for, people he had led to Christ and so on and so on. I mean, this dude was going through some serious stuff. He says, I face death daily. The scripture is translated, I die daily. What he was saying is, I face death daily. Every time I go out from the house, I have the potential to be stoned to death for what I believe. And you know what he called it? Light affliction. That's just nothing. That's just pssst. What is he doing? He's using his mouth to keep himself in the place of victory. Man, you need to start talking differently. You need to start speaking victory. You need to start speaking overcoming. You need to start talking the way God is talking to you through the word. Can I get an amen? Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, my words are filled with life. I speak life over my circumstances. I'm not a victim. I am a victor. I am the architect of my life. I create it through the words of my mouth. I can speak prosperity. I can speak divine health. I can speak victory. I can speak peace. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This morning, I declare that I am strong. Oh man, this one, this one may mess some of you up, but it's there in scripture. This morning, I declare that I am rich. And I know some of you, the enemy has already whispered to you, he says, but you're poor. That's the instruction. The instruction is for the poor people to say, I am rich. That was the instruction. So guess what? I'm qualified. See, when you're driving to work and you feel the urge to say, I'm strong. I can face tomorrow. The enemy is going to whisper to you, no, but you're weak. He said, therefore, I'm qualified. Because he didn't say, let the strong say, I'm strong. He said, let the weak say, I'm strong. Let the ones who are not strong yet begin to declare that they are strong. That's what he has called you and I to do. It's called the power of speaking life. The power of positive confession. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that today we remove from our vocabulary any victim. We remove from our vocabulary any quit. We remove from our vocabulary any complaining. We now put into our vocabulary victory. We now put into our vocabulary strength and the power of the gospel. We now put into our vocabulary peace. We now put into our vocabulary miracles. We now put into our vocabulary the supernatural. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that as we speak, our lives are steered in the direction of life. We're moving away from the direction of death fear, trepidation, impossibility, hopelessness, and moving into the direction of life. Father, we thank you for it. We declare that this is a new season. 
for all of us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who